You are listening to the weekly podcast of True Praise Family Worship Center in Miami Gardens, Florida. We pray you enjoy today's message. Amen, amen, and amen. Let us all stand, amen, as we get ready to go into the next part of the service. We are going to go into our prophetic declaration. Amen. 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 Understand that the Bible says that life and death is in the power of whose tongue? Yours. Whose tongue? Yours tongue. The Bible also says that if you decree a thing, that it shall be what? Established. Established. Amen. And so as a prophetic people, as a kingdom-minded people, God has given you the ability to decree and to declare what you want and what you want out of your lives. In the book of Matthew chapter 16 and also in the book of Matthew chapter 18, he says, Behold, I give you keys to the kingdom that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we must learn as the people of God to release our authority because our authority is in our mouth. Amen. Amen. And so with that being said, when we make prophetic declarations as a church, our job is simply to agree with what is being said because it's in that agreement that it will be unto you just like Mary said. Amen? Amen. Amen. So therefore, I prophetically decree that for the remainder of the year that God will reveal himself like never before. Amen. I decree and declare in the remainder of the year that the tears you sow this year will turn into laughter. I decree and declare in Jesus' mighty name that every shackle, every yoke will be broken and destroyed. In Jesus' mighty name, I decree and declare that the plans and plots of the enemy, they will no longer be a hindrance, a weight, or a struggle for you. But I declare in this day, in this day going forth, that there will be an explosiveness, there will be a revival, there will be a rekindling in your spirit. for kingdom manifestation. Yes. I declare and decree that now the tables are turning. Yes. The winds and the tides are turning in your and declare that every door that tried to into a new year. You will walk in a new season and the Lord will go before you and he will make every crooked way straight. He will make every high place low in Jesus mighty name. I decree and declare that when you open your mouth and you begin to pray that heaven will hear your sound and the angels will begin to move and the angels will not get tired but they will excel in might and they will fight against everything that is fighting against your purpose, fighting against your Fighting against the destiny that God has given you. I declare that your finances will line up with the word of God. I declare and decree that you are the head, no longer. 
Father, borrow I decree and declare that you no longer will be subject to the lender, but now that you will be put in the place where people will come unto you in the name of Jesus, that you will take care of the widow, you will take care of the orphan, you will take care of the fatherless in Jesus' mighty name. And I decree and declare that this church will be a manifestation place where those that are sick will get healed, where those that are lost will find their way, where those that need a word from God will hear a word from the Lord in the name of Jesus. I decree and also I declare that the winds from the north, the east, the south, and the west will now begin to blow those that are lost, those that need salvation into this sanctuary.
that sickness and disease shall not come nigh your dwelling. And that healing is the children's bread and everything that opposes the word of God that he sent to heal you. Hey, I revoke it in Jesus' mighty name. Every injunction, let it be overthrown. Hey, every demonic conspiracy, let it be overthrown. Let the works of the enemy be exposed in your life as the noonday sun. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hear you. Hallelujah, Jesus. What you say? You forgot? Yo, no, if you ready, you ready? Oh, amen. Amen. Can you pass me my iPad? <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Bless his wonderful name. Bless his wonderful name. I don't know about you, but I sense a praise in the atmosphere. I sense a praise in the atmosphere. I sense a praise in the atmosphere. And God wants to do something good and great. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hey. Hallelujah. Elder Logan, I hear this and I'm going to just say it to you. It'll all make sense after a while. Hey. That's all I want to tell you. It'll all make sense after a while. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I don't know what it is, but it's all going to make sense after a while. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister St. Jean, just get ready. Just get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because there is a season upon you. There's a season upon you because of your faithfulness. Hallelujah. And just know that God sees it and he's going to reward you according to it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Kind Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word that is going to go forth on today. Father, we ask that you will have your way in this place. Hey,
about to be in your hand. He's been saying it all year. And as a matter of fact, you've been getting prophetic insights of what God is getting ready to do. God is saying right now in this hour by way of the Holy Spirit, I hear it, that what has been in your heart is literally about to be in your hand. And I also hear by way of the Holy Ghost, headed of our soul, that your name is in the mouth of some people. Not people that are talking ill about you, but people that are considering you to go to a greater level for a greater promotion. In the name of Jesus. Even here, the Lord say the position that he has you in, it is like a spy in the enemy's camp. And you have been surrounded by people, and you don't even realize that they are watching you. They are learning from you. They are paying attention to how you live, how you move. And they are really realizing that you are really a woman of God. And based on the conversation that you and I had, this is why they're coming to you like Nicodemus in the midnight hour. Just like I told you back then, he's telling me to remind you again. Don't worry about what to say. He's going to put it in your mouth. Your intercession and your cry for your family, hey, especially your brother. Hey. Mm. He says, watch me. He says, watch me. Hey, you cry long enough. He says, watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. If, if, if you have your Bibles, I really got my mission spirit now. <laughs> if you have your Bibles. Oh, he's going to have his way right here. Right, right, right here. Right, right here. Hallelujah. Real quickly, I would like to say happy birthday to Mother William. For giving you good health and most of all, soundness of mind. And we just thank God for that. Amen. And we thank God for 
everything, the smile, the class, the elegance. We just thank you for being an example. Amen. Amen. And we thank you for introducing Bishop. Yes, yes, yes. The first time. And there's many more, many more. Amen. All right. So if you've been here with us uh, for, 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 for uh, two for the last two months, our month or so, we've been dealing with kingdom attitude. And, and Bishop, earlier this month, he started talking about the constitution of the kingdom. As a matter of fact, last week he talked about and he stressed that our desires and our priorities must line up with kingdom priorities. And that our desire must be the desire of the king. As a matter of fact, he also stated in Genesis that when the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the earth, many of our lives reflect that because we lack light and light is simply revelation. And so today I want to deal with the subject religion versus the kingdom, because for many of us, the reason why we cannot enter into the kingdom is because we have the wrong mindset. And so I want to take my time roughly for about 30, 25, 30 minutes, if I may borrow your time, to simply show you how we've been tricked out of everything that God has promised us. Amen. So understand that when Jesus comes on the scene, Jesus had only one message, and that message is, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's at hand. We understand that they tell us that the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But after we receive Jesus, there must be another gospel that will equip the people of God to do the exploits of God if Jesus says that we are going to do a greater works. And the problem is the reason why we are not seeing the greater works is because our leaders, not this one here, has taught us to err. Reason being because they went to seminary school. And they learned religion, but they did not learn kingdom. Because what, what, what happens is religion is man's attempt to figure out who God is outside of his spirit, outside of his leading, and outside of his word. And so it's man's attempt to understand God aside from God. And so if we're going to learn how to re reshape our minds and have a kingdom attitude, then we must sit down and take time to learn from the king. Because the first time when we entered into this series, we discovered that ignorance is the number one enemy of the kingdom, but religion is the second. Have you ever asked yourself the question? When Jesus was walking around and he was choosing disciples, why didn't Jesus choose any of the religious leaders of that day? 
And it's simple because Jesus tells them that the traditions of men makes the word of God of none effect. And just like many of us, because we were raised in certain churches, we were entrenched with tradition. And because we were entrenched in, in tradition, when God wants to do a new thing, we kick against the new thing because it's not in alignment with the tradition. You need to understand that the word tradition comes from a Latin word meaning try the air. And the word try the air in Latin simply means to place in the hand of another without inspection. Come here, come here, elder, come here, come here, elder, come here, elder, come here, elder. I need you to bring the MK, your purse, to bring your purse. I'm going to show you what tradition looks like. Not you. I don't need you to bring your purse. I just need you. You're so beautiful today. Come on, come stand right here. Come, come, come stand right here. Now, if there was something in this purse that can hurt her, she doesn't know that there's something in this purse that can hurt her. Amen. She does not know that what's in the purse is hurting her because she became numb to it. And this is why a lot of people are in church and they are numb to the move of God. Because tradition has become an anesthesia. It's sort of like Novocaine. And so you have all of that in the purse. And here's what try the air means. You, she takes the purse. Hold your hands out like that. And she lays it in the hand of another. And this is what has been happening from generation to generation to generation. The older people have been putting things in the people that are supposed to come up behind them and the problem is just put the purse on. Put the purse on. Now go to your seat. And guess what? She never took the time to in the purse to see if what was in the purse was beneficial to her destiny, beneficial to her purpose, beneficial to her call, all because of tradition. And so this is one of the reasons why Jesus never picked any of them because they were entrenched in tradition. And the problem is many of us are knowing to us if you believe a lie long enough, eventually it'll become what? It will become true. And many of us, we sat in churches not taking notes, not writing down scriptures. Not trying to see if what the man or the woman of God was really in alignment with the word of God. And all we did was took their word because they were a religious leader with a degree, with a master's, with a doctrine, and never took time to study to show ourselves approved. And because we did not take the time to show ourselves approved, we miss the most important message of the Bible. Which is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The most important message in the Bible is not the fact that Jesus died. It's the fact that he came to restore sons and daughters back to the king. And the only way he can bring restoration is he had to stop by the cross first. This is why when he said, when he came out the grave, he told Mary, don't touch me because I have not gone back to see my father. Because had she touched him, he would have became corrupted and he wouldn't have been able to be the ultimate holy sacrifice for our sins. Had she touched him, we would have been left out the kingdom. And so I want to deal with Religion, 
versus the kingdom of God. Because I said this and Bishop said it and we are going to keep saying it. The one language in the kingdom is simply nothing is impossible. All right. The one word, the motto, the mantra of the kingdom is nothing is impossible. But when it comes to religion, religion says you have to wait. You can't have it now when the Bible says now faith is. Because religion will always give you an excuse for why God is not moving. When the kingdom of God says simply go back and trace your steps. That's what the kingdom of God says. So let's deal with it. So of course Jesus announces that the kingdom of heaven is not only at hand, but he says the kingdom of heaven is here. Notice what he says. He says that those that are poor in spirit shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. What is Jesus saying? Whatever you need, the lack, the void in your life, the only thing that can fill it is the kingdom. That is it. The kingdom is the only thing that can fill it. As a fill, uh, fill it. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter number six, uh, around the thirtieth down to the thirty-third verse, he says that the Gentiles, the the, the heathens, they, they they ask God, they pray for God, they pray, they pray, and they ask for things. And he turns around and he makes a statement. And he says. Your heavenly father knows what you need of or what you are in need of before you even ask. Yes, sir. Yes. He says, but in order for you to get those things, seek the kingdom first. And then when you seek the kingdom, what you've been chasing will now begin to chase you. Because religion will always have you chasing for what's already yours when the kingdom says, just open your mind, receive it, and you got it. Open your mind. That's right, Elbow. Open your mind. So watch this. Amen. I heard that. A Amen. So watch this. We're going to go to the scripture. And the first scripture that I want you to go to is Matthew chapter number 23. Matthew chapter number 23. And as you're going to Matthew chapter number 23, we are going to look at the issue that Jesus had with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes of that day. Elder Logan, do you have a microphone? No. You don't? Can you, can you read for me? Okay. All right, let me get the verse. It's Noah's in chapter number 23. Um, start at verse number 23. Matthew 23 and 23. Yes, ma'am. And he that shall swear by heaven, swear by the throne of God, uh -huh. and by him that sitteth thereon. Uh -huh. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, uh -huh. hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, uh -huh. and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. Uh -huh. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. So, so notice what he's saying. 
He's saying that religious people, they focus on rules and regulations, while kingdom-minded people, they focus on their freedoms and their liberties. And what religion will do, religion will have you focusing on everything that God says you cannot have instead of believing God for what he says you can have. So in other words, what religion does, religion has you focused on everything outside of the fence mm -hmm. instead of enjoying what God gave you in the fence. All right. Because in the fence is your healing. In the fence is your deliverance. Yes. In the fence is your breakthrough. Yes. In the fence is everything you need, but outside the fence is the tree God told you you couldn't have. My God. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's read on. Let me, let, let me read. Bishop, my iPad acting crazy. Internet is doing that thing again. All right, let me let me read. And here's what I want to read. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites, you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. Mm. What religion does, the moment, here's how you can identify people who have a religious mindset. The moment you begin to express, to explain, and to convey what you are believing God for, the moment they cannot identify that God is moving in their life the way you want God to move in your life, they'll tell you it can't be done. Mm. My God. Are you hearing me? And this is why you have to be careful with who you tell your business to, who you share your faith with, because there are people who are sent on assignment. Listen to me and listen to me clearly. The only spirit that Jesus never dealt with was the religious spirit. Every other spirit he overthrew except for that one. And so like many of us, we are believing God, but there's something on the inside of us that is, that is telling us that God is not going to do it. And you have to eradicate, you have to pull up that thing that's inside of you that you've been taught to believe. Yes. That's not in alignment with God's word. So let's read on. Watch this, because here is a breakdown that I want to explain to you so you can see it in the natural Religion is set on rules and laws. Do this and do that. And you should have what you say or you should have the promises of God. That's what religion says. So watch this. Religion is what man does until he finds the kingdom of God. I'll say it again. Religion is what man does until he finds the kingdom of God. Watch this. Religion prepares man to leave the earth. While kingdom-minded people are empowered to dominate the earth. All right. All right. So religious people, they want to leave. But kingdom-minded people, they want to stay. As a matter of fact, it's something that Bishop like to say. He says, I'm not waiting till I die to get no pie in the sky. He say, I want something sound while I'm on the ground and I'm still around. That, that's some sound on the ground while I'm still around. You see, that is a kingdom mindset. A kingdom mindset says, I don't have to leave earth and die to go to heaven. All I got to do is live right in heaven to come right here. That is a kingdom mindset. Isn't it amazing how Jesus tells the people of God, I'm leaving to go prepare a place for you. But then he does not allow you to visit the place he's preparing. 
But you didn't dot that I. But you didn't cross that T. You put your comma in the wrong place. And because you fall for it, now God has to withdraw. He says, you was almost there. You was almost there. So let's, let me, let, let, let's say this. So religion prepares man to leave earth. The kingdom empowers man to dominate the earth. Watch this. Religion focuses on heaven, the kingdom focuses on the earth. In other words, when you are a kingdom-minded citizen, you focus on dominating what's in your possession. You do not allow what you're going through to dictate what comes out of your mouth, that dick to dictate what you're going to do, to dictate how you're going to move. Because when you are kingdom minded, you understand that when you say water and the storm to be still, it must be still. Yes, yes, yes. But when you are religious, you don't speak to things that God gave you power over. And now the things that he gave you power over now has power over you. Because one of the cliches of religious minded people is it must not be the Lord's will. It must not be the Lord's will to heal me while I'm down here on the earth. It must not be God's will to give me the promotion. It must not be God's will for me to have children. It must not be the Lord's will for me to get married when the Bible says man shall not be alone. That's what it says. When it says all good and perfect gifts come from above. That's it. Notice in scripture, there is no scripture to tell you how to live in poverty. There is no scripture to tell you how to live in lack. There is no scripture to teach you or tell you how to go without. God is not a God of addition. He's a God of multiplication. And when you have a kingdom mindset and you understand that, then what you must do is gird yourself not only to fight against the enemy that is without, but you must learn to fight the enemy that is within. And this is why he says the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but the mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And what you need to understand is what a stronghold really is. A stronghold is not only a thing that a demon will build in your life, but a stronghold is a set of principles, ideologies, and beliefs that you refuse to let go of. I'll prove it to you. How many of you get headaches in the building? All right, I see one, I see two, I see three, I see four, five, six. Sometimes. All right, seven, eight. Now, out of the eight people, when was the last time you laid your hands on yourself and said, headache, be gone? 
Let me see the same hands. All right, we got one. Uh huh. We, we, we had eight hands, but now we only got one. What's stopping you? There has to be a renewing, a renewing of the mind that says, I believe what the king says I can have. I believe what the king says that I can do. And what happens is the reason why we don't believe it is because we have a mindset that we don't want to let go of. Because we've been in it so long. Thank you, Sister G. Because we've been in it so long. So watch this. Religion is reaching up to God when the kingdom is God reaching down to man. In other words, religion will have you focusing on the God up here while kingdom tells you to focus on the God that's in here. All right. You better say that. All right, and many of us, we don't believe in the God that's in here. Jesus. We like to quote the scripture, great is he that is in us than he that is well in the world. Paul told Timothy, lay your hands on yourself and store up your own gift. When was the last time you've been stirred? Wow. Let's go. A uh, religion wants to escape the earth. The kingdom impacts the earth. It influences and it changes the things that are in the earth. Last one. Religion seeks to take earth to heaven while the kingdom seeks to bring heaven to earth. So understand this. And here's the question or here's the thing that we must understand. The kingdom of heaven only wants sons and daughters, but religion wants slaves and servants. The kingdom of heaven Want sons and daughters. Religion wants slaves and servants. Here is why the kingdom wants sons and daughters. Because in the book of Ephesians, chapter number two, verse number 12, this is what it says. It says that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Watch this. In the kingdom, the term commonwealth, it describes the relationship that the king has with his citizens. In other words, the wealth of the kingdom is common to everybody. Yes, sir. Yeah. That means everything in the kingdom is for everybody to enjoy. But religion will tell you that it's not yours. So, in other words, there is no discrimination or no distinction between the rich and the poor. All citizens, our sons and daughters, have equal access to kingdom wealth and resources provided by the king. The reason why? Because it is the king's interest that his subject, his sons and daughters live their best life. Watch this. In John 1, 12. Can you read John 1, 12? John chapter 1, verse number 12. <laughs> I'm so glad you're back. John 1, verse 12. Yes, John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, uh -huh. to them gave he power to become the sons of God, uh -huh. even to them that believe on his name. Read it one more time. But as many as received him, to 
gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Notice what it says. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Yes. Here's the dilemma and the problem, Elder Logan. We are professing his name, yes. but we haven't received him. My God. My and so we're living like slaves and servants instead of like sons and daughters. My God. Notice, in order for you to be called a son, he had to first declare that he was a son so you can so he can walk in sonship and you can live in sonship. In other words, he had to declare he was a son as a man, which gives you the right to live in what he walked in. And this is why the, 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 the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious leaders of that day, John 5 and 18, they wanted to kill him because of the statement that he made. You got John 5 and 18? All right, amen. Once you read. 5 and 18? Yes. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him, uh -huh. because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now, here's a very interesting statement. It says that the Pharisees wanted to stone him for breaking the law on the Sabbath, and because he said that he was the son of God, which made him equal with God. Isn't it ironic that when you cut off TV and you listen to some of these pastors on TV, TVN, Impact, Word Network, YouTube, Google, FaithTube, and all the other places that you listen to, how they talk against you being a God yourself? Not saying that you are the big G God, but you are the lowercase G God. You are a demigod. So what religion is doing here, religion is denying you of your heaven-given identity. I'll say it again. Religion robs you of your true identity. I'll read it again. John 5 and 18, here's what it says. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not had only broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now I had to sit and figure out why did it make them upset? And the reason why it made them upset was because he said God was his father. Many of us in here, we say that God is our father, right? Uh, do you still call him God? You call him God? I call him Father. Because he said, Abba, Father. He said, Abba, Father. We have this great of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter number 6, when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, pray, Ah, See? So, listen. So, Jesus says that God is his Father. They get upset because they say that makes you equal to God. Here's the issue. You cannot be the child of someone and not have that person's DNA. Amen. And can I suggest to many of you 
that because God is your father, you share in the same DNA? Amen. Which means that because you share the same DNA, you have the same ability that God has in the earth realm that he had in heaven. And this is why he says that you can declare a thing and it will be established. This is why he said you can call those things that be not as though they were. Because just as he created things with the word of his mouth, the same power you have in your tongue where life and death lies. Yes, yes, yes. But religion says you don't have the power. And so this is why you don't speak to your situation and your circumstances. Because you don't believe that God is your father. Again, there is no scripture in the Bible that tells you to live with sickness. There is no scripture in the Bible that tells you to live in poverty. All you have to do is change your words. Yes. I was sharing with Bishop a test. My wife, Bishop, and elder portion. Now, I don't know if this test of this blessing. Bishop back to left. So, of course, y'all know I'm a plumber. And I was saying, Bishop, by the end of the year, I need to be 40 plus the number that I told you, right? So you know what that is. 100. I say by the end of the year, I need to have $100,000. This is what I've been professing. Didn't say how I wanted it to happen. I just said I wanted it to happen. As a matter of fact, last week when we was at Impact Faith Center, I gave them an example. I said, you got to understand, you prophetic. Bishop, I did this last week Saturday. I said, you need to learn how to look at them soldiers, them dead people in your wallet, and tell them, go get some more just like you, and put them in solitary confinement. And tell them this is your lifetime residence. You can't leave. Yeah. He said you should you, you should have a, what you say, right? That's what I say. He said, whatever you desire, when you pray, if you believe, you shall have. So that was last week, Sunday. That was Sunday, right, baby? That was Sunday. So what day did I text you, Bishop? Thursday or Friday? I text him Thursday. I text Bishop Thursday. After I looked at my wife, and I looked at my wife, I checked my bank account, I said, mm-mm, something wrong. <laughs> ain't that what I said? I said something wrong. I got out of bed. I went to walk around. Oh, this ain't right. This ain't right. She said, well, what's wrong? I said, I got more than what I'm supposed to have. Amen. Amen. I had $110,000 in my bank account. <laughs> I went and looked. And somebody deposited $68,225. Now, see, no, 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 don't be clapping. Don't be clapping. Because I don't know if it's a blessing or a test. No, 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 no. No, I'm telling you. Listen, I went to walk around the house. What they're saying, you thinking too much. I want to transfer money here to them. I'm like, I'm gonna take this out because if it's the bank mistake, they got insurance and I ain't giving it back. 
Now understand, she's more righteous than I am. Because what she said to me, she said, now listen, did you work for that? I said, no. She said, do you know who it came from? I said, yes. She said, so you are going to lose a friendship and a possibility of more contracts over $68,000? And so I text Bishop. And I said, Bishop, I got a problem. What you said, Bishop? But this problem ain't concerning two ladies. <laughs> Somebody caught it. <laughs> Somebody caught it. I said, Bishop, this is what's going on. And I was looking for Bishop to give me advice. But Bishop was taken by surprise. And the only thing Bishop said is, Lord, be offense. <laughs> And so, and so I, the reason why I'm sharing this is because I was declaring some things. Yes. I was kingdom minded. I was intentional. Yes. And it showed up. It, yeah, he sh it showed up. And I, I, I did transfer the money, $34,125 over here, $34,125 over there. But then I heard the voice of wisdom in my ear. Say, put it right back. So I put it back. And then the guy called me. And I said, I'm not going to say nothing unless he say something. So if he say something, then I'm going to say something. But unless he say something, I ain't going to say nothing. Because again, I don't know if it's a blessing or if it's a test. <laughs> right? And so I did talk to the guy and he didn't mention it. So we're still sitting there. Right now till this day. And just like Jesus, when the season expires, <laughs> right? But I'm being comical and I'm being funny to show you how powerful you are as children of God when you develop the right mindset. Because again, in the kingdom, the mindset is nothing is impossible to them that believe. And a lot of us, we set limitations because of what people has taught us and not because of what God has revealed. And God is in a constant state of always trying to prove that he's for you and not against you. But religion has you looking at what you don't have instead of what God has brought to you. Um, it, it was a challenge that Bishop gave uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. He said, you need to have a Thanksgiving tree. And simply all that is, you need to have a place in your house with sticky notes or post-its are just right on the wall. God did this this day. God did that that day. God did this this day. And in doing that, what happens is it builds your faith. Because understand that faith is the currency of the kingdom. And if you're going to receive anything from the kingdom, it's going to take faith. And watch this scripture says that faith must be exercised by reason of use. Meaning that if you do not exercise your faith, your faith will not grow. 
We are focused on believing and saying that we must have faith as the size of a grain of mustard seed. That is not what the scripture is saying. The scripture is saying, look at the principle behind the mustard seed. That the mustard seed is the smallest seed out of all plants. And look at how great it grows. And Jesus is saying, your faith is the same way. Hallelujah. It's the same way as the mustard seed. Ten minutes and I'm done. Um, watch this. In Romans chapter number uh, chapter number eight, verse number five, it says, "Wherefore ye have received the spirit of adoption, which I said, um, no, it says, for you have received the spirit, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear." Notice what it says: "You have not received the spirit of bondage to fear." But you have received the spirit of adoption. So bondage comes with fear, but the spirit of adoption comes with liberty. Right. He says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, Jesus is saying, when you have a religious mindset, you are bound and don't even know it. But when you have a kingdom attitude and a kingdom mindset, you have the mentality that God is your father. Many of you all, you all have kids. You can play something softly, I'm done. You all have kids. At what time, outside of your private time, have you not allowed your kid to come in your room and jump on your bed while you was in there? Let me see. Most of us, we have kids, we could be in the room, we could be in the bathroom. They'll just come and bust right in. Mm -hmm. So disrespectful. <laughs> Antoinette says, so disrespectful. As a matter of fact, you could be home. You could, you, you could have just made them a meal, mm -hmm. eating something that you prepared for yourself. Mm -hmm. And they'll just come up, Daddy, can I have? Which one of you would tell them no? Which one of you would tell them no? A bishop said he would. <laughs> right? Which one of you that had to that has the ability right now to bless your child and your child was to ask you for something and you would tell your child no? Boo. The whole purpose of you being in that position is because you made a vow to take care of your seed, of your child. I'm going to tell a story and I'm done. And God is saying, I'm the same way. But you don't approach me like that. You approach me as if we strangers. You approach me as if we don't even have a relationship. Jesus came and walked in sonship to show us our worth as sons and daughters. Here's, here's a story. Because watch this. Now, Mr. James, you don't have any daughters, right? But I'm quite sure there's probably a time when you had to get the kids dressed. And when you took the kids to school when they were young, they knew when you dressed the kids, and they knew when Elder Logan dressed the kids. Am I right about it? 
Because they knew if Elder Logan dressed a kid, even Todd, I got Todd, we go through the same thing, right? If Todd, me, James, we dress the kids, they know, oh, your daddy must have dressed you this morning. They know. They, they know. They know. Oh, right. They know, right, Antoinette? Yeah. And so, but when mama dresses, they know the kids, the clothes iron, yeah. everything matches, right? Yeah. Now watch this. Religion, watch this, listen to me carefully. Religion is the daddy getting you dressed. But when God is your father, it's the mama getting you dressed. You see the difference? Daddy don't care. He just give you your basic needs. Your, just your basic needs. You need a shirt, some underpants, socks, pants, and shoes. But what mama going to do, she going to make sure that the teeth brush, hair comb, Smelling good. Gonna make sure smelling good. Put the per perfume on. Come here, let me spray you. They gonna make sure. Watch, watch this. The mama gonna make sure the baby got lotion on. Yeah. Because I said mine out with no lotion at all. Come here. Right? But that's not what mama do. And I'm making this correlation to say that when God is your father, He loves you like a mother. He's nurturing. He's caring. He understands. He's concerned. He's compassionate. He's not hard and tough. And all he wants is for you to come and say, Daddy, this is what I got going on. This is what I need. This is what you said. Daddy, when are you going to make it happen? And he'll reveal it. But what religion does when you go to daddy, religion says, I'm busy. Come back tomorrow. Can't you see I'm doing something right now? Don't care nothing about what you're going through. Because we've been taught God is just God. He's not our father. And so this is the second enemy of the kingdom of God a religious mindset. And this is why when Jesus came on the scene, he said, repent. Remember, we already established that the word repent simply means to change your way of thinking. And Jesus was saying, if you're going to enter into the kingdom, you have to change your way of thinking. And if we're going to see exploits, if we're going to have signs and wonders manifesting in our lives, we need to change our minds. And we need to see the value that God puts in us. Last thing, last statement in our book, and we can all stay. We know the scripture that says, many are called, but few are chosen. I made a statement earlier, but I want to clarify something. I'll add something to the statement. Religion has you with the mindset that you are a servant and you are a slave. Meaning that you serve God out of obligation. But when you are a son, you don't serve God out of obligation. You serve God because he gave you an opportunity. 
and you see it as 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 a privilege and not an obligation. And so when you see it as a privilege, it makes sense that many are called, but only few are chosen. Because he could have chose anybody else to give that word. He could have chose anybody else to lay hands. But he allowed me to lay the hands and the person recovered. You have to receive him as a father and see it as a privilege. Because he could have chose anybody else, but he chose me. And because he chose me, it's like in elementary school, when the teacher said, who know the answer? And everybody, me, 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 me. And you know, ooh, 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 ooh. I got it, ooh, ooh. Kai used to do the ooh, ooh. Yeah, me, 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 pick me, pick me. All the other hands in the room. And God says, Sister Valerie, I want you to come to the head of the class. Do you know the excitement and the privilege that comes with that? And God is saying, that's what I want to do. That's the experience that I want to give you. But I can only give it to sons and daughters, not slaves and servants. Because slaves and servants who do it grudgingly, do it out of obligation, not with a cheerful heart. So with that being said, let's all stand. Every hand lifted. Father, we thank you for the invitation of sonship. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will forgive us, Lord God, for not walking and understanding the sacrifice that you paid for us to become sons and daughters. Father, we pray this day that you will give us a constant reminder that we have the right, the privilege to cry out, Abba, Father. Father, we ask now in the name of Jesus that you will reveal yourself to each and every one of us as a father, you said in your word, no greater love have a man than this, to lay down his life for a friend, but you no longer call them friends. We are now sons and daughters. Father, we ask now in the name of Jesus that you will console, that you will comfort, that you will begin to speak to our hearts, reveal your purpose, reveal your plans, reveal destiny, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you would allow our hearts to experience the true love of a father. Some of us, we grew up with fathers, but you are a father that never leaves nor forsakes. You are a father that only speaks good and great things. You are a father that builds, that edifies, that revives, that speaks life. And I'm asking now that you would speak life to each and every one of us. You are a father that pats us on the back when we are discouraged. We pray now and we ask God that you would encourage our hearts. That you would be a father to the fatherless. And we will walk in the spirit of adoption this day going forth. In Jesus name we pray. 
Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.